welcome to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which gets honest about what it looks like to show up online, run your own business and do your own thing. If we haven't been introduced before, hello, my name is Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK and I'm also the host of this podcast. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about the often unspoken sides of being an entrepreneur and sitting down in conversation with others who get it. Running a business and being self-employed can very often be a lonely and consuming experience. So it's my intention that these episodes bring a bit of encouragement and community to what you're doing. In today's episode, I'll be sharing five encouragements for the way that you show up online and use digital platforms in your business. So if you're ready to be reminded that numbers aren't everything and receive a bit of home truth and comfort, then keep on listening. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome to episode number 36 of Starting the Conversation. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, I hope you've had a great week. I hope your Friday's going really well. Um, Those of you who listen to this podcast regularly or are just good at noticing things will realise that today's episode is a little bit late. In fact, it was meant to be up on Monday, as the new upload schedule says. However, today is a Friday. Long story short, I went away for a week, which was amazing and very needed, but that meant that I wasn't ahead on podcast episodes, and then, as luck would have it, my first day back at work, after the week off, I woke up feeling really ill, so I had to take a few days off, push my whole to-do list back to the end of the week, which sadly included this podcast, but hey, I like to think, better late than never, and... Also, you don't have to wait that long now for the next episode, so life goes on. But anyway, on to today's episode, which is one that I'm really glad to be sharing and one that I think is a really important episode. You may have looked at the title and thought that it was a bit fluffy or a bit, you know, just like, oh, that'll be a nice listener for fancy it. But I think these kind of episodes, which purely exist for like comfort and encouragement, are so important. There is so much incredible content out there which aims to inspire, fill you with expertise, leave you with actionable steps, you know, just give you stuff to do, which is really great because we always want to up level our businesses, right? But I think alongside those types of content, whether it's a podcast or a blog or a video or whatever else, I think it is still really important to make time and create space where we as business owners just get that little dose of encouragement and comfort because the reality is it is a difficult thing to do sometimes what we do and I don't know about you but sometimes I'm like my head is so full please nobody tell me something to do please someone just tell me some nice things so that's what today's episode is five encouragements for the way that you're showing up online these are five things that I'm constantly having to tell myself please don't think that I'm an expert on knowing and believing all of these things um things that I always have conversations with my clients about and just truths that I know that are such, such, I really can't speak today, so relevant for a lot of the people that I speak to who have an online presence which reflects their business. I think it's very true that when we love our businesses and love what we do, we kind of alongside that put a lot of emotion into it and attach a lot of our emotions to what we do. And subsequent to that, our social platforms and our social presence and how we show up online we attach a lot of emotion to the feedback from that and how we feel that that's going. And I don't necessarily think that that's always a bad thing. I think sometimes it's the emotion and the attachment that we have to what we do that really causes us to put our heart into it and create businesses that are soulful and true to us. But we do sometimes walk a bit of a tightrope there where we can begin to create too much of a link between how our business feels and how we feel. So what I really want to do in today's episode is just bring it back to the core of what you do and give you a bit of encouragement and hopefully help you to begin to separate the emotion that you feel about how you show up online. 
So starting with the first one, which I put first because it's the one that I find myself speaking about the most, thinking about the most, having conversations about the most, and that is the truth that there is no direct link between numbers and success, and you will never reach the right number to do that thing. It's a very normal thing, especially in the kind of society we live in now, to attach numbers to success. To look at whether it's the amount of followers we have, or podcast downloads we get, or people that watch our stories, we attach that to how successful we feel that our business is going. Not even how successful we feel our social media is, but how successful we feel our business is in general. And I think one of the biggest reasons we do that is because it can be really difficult when you're literally working for and by yourself. You don't have people above you to you know, give you an appraisal or tell you you're doing a good job or people around you who can kind of cheer you on. We do look to the easiest way to kind of judge how are things going? How am I doing? And statistics is a really easy way to do it. And in a world that really values um, our social platforms, not just in our businesses, but in people's personal lives, the amount of followers you have seems to mean a lot more than it really should these days. It's no surprise that we begin to attach a lot of emotion and a lot of how we feel about the success of our business to what the statistics are saying. But if there's anything that I've learned, both in my business, with the people that I speak to, with my clients, is that there is, it's a never ending game. When you begin to attach numbers to your success, let me tell you, every single time you reach that milestone that you say, that's a, that, that many followers is when I've made it. That many followers is when I'm established in the UK in my industry. The second you get to that, you're gonna have a whole different ball game of insecurities and fears and worries, and then you're just gonna create another milestone for yourself. I think often we get to where we want to be and then we forget that we ever wanted to be there and then just desire the next best thing. And let me tell you that your impact and your community is the most important thing in what you do and particularly in your online presence. I can bet that if you sat down within this episode, maybe press pause or do it afterwards and really, really brought it back to the core of your business and said, what's my mission? What's my purpose? What's my big picture? Like if I had to sum it up in under one sentence, like why do I do what I do? What impact do I want to have? I can bet you, and I'll be so surprised if this is not true, that none of that includes how many followers you have, how many people you have in your community, or how big your following is. Our impact in our businesses is often so personal and so soulful that actually it can exist outside of our social media platforms. So when we think of that, and when we realise that actually at the core of our business, our success is down to nothing to do with our social media platforms, it almost becomes laughable that we do begin to put so much emotion and kind of correlation between the two. Many people, myself included in this, and I don't say this to show off, I just say it to give you an example and be real, have kind of small followings in the big picture of things, but a very large impact, and in my opinion, and by my definition of success, a successful business. I don't have the swipe up feature on Instagram. I'm very emotional about that, but I don't have it. This podcast rarely gets on the, what's it called? The charts. And I'm okay with both of those things. There's definitely been times in my business and there still are days where I look at the statistics, whether it's the fact that a podcast episode didn't get as many downloads as it normally would, or my following suddenly drops on Instagram, or maybe my following just stops increasing at the rate that it was. And I, in that moment, my instant reaction is, oh my gosh, I feel bad about it, things are going badly, I'm not successful. But the second I like take a minute to think about that feeling and I step back and take myself back to kind of the big picture purpose of my business, I just realise it's completely irrelevant. 
And it goes the other way as well. I wouldn't have any examples to give you, but there's definitely people out there um, who have very large followings and probably from social media and from looking at their platforms, you would think they are incredibly successful and incredibly happy. But I can promise you that probably some of those people are not and don't have that thing. And that's not a bad thing, but it's just saying that it's really no... um, it's no surefire way to level and measure the success of our business by the amount of followers we have. And I think another thing we do in this same kind of realm of encouragement is associate a number or a statistic with a level of business security or confidence. I definitely felt this when I was first starting out in my business. I literally had like no followers who were interested in what I did. I had a lot of followers who well, not a lot, but I probably had like, I don't know, 600 followers who were my friends and family and people that I knew. And those people, you know, they liked me, but they for sure really didn't have an interest in what I did in my business. And I had this moment of looking at people with 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 followers, and all of those followers, you know, commenting on their photos, that was like relevant feedback, whereas all I was having was my family and friends kind of joking and making fun of me. I looked at that and thought, oh my gosh, they must be so secure in their business. People with so many followers who love what they do and are interested in what they offer, they must feel so confident about launching things and doing things because they've got an audience who love them. And I can say, yes, statistics matter when we're thinking about the long term of our business. But I have learned, if anything, in my business that there is no correlation between the numbers that we have online and how qualified we are to do what we do. Numbers do not qualify you as an expert in your field. Numbers do not qualify you as a successful business owner. And I think often we do put that association in just subconsciously. It's not always something that we even realize that we do, but we definitely do it. And I think another thing we really often believe is that numbers affirm the success of something that we wanna do in the future. I speak to a lot of clients who want to do a big project, whether it's, you know, writing a book or starting a podcast or putting that new product out there or taking that risk in their business. And very often they're met with fear, which let me tell you, fear is not a red flag when you're launching something new. Fear is normal and fear is in absolutely every new thing that anyone ever does. Um, But they often meet that fear and almost soothe that fear by saying, okay, well, I'll do that when I've got the right audience to receive it. I'll do that when my social following is at the right place where it will go down well and it won't be as risky because I know it'll be successful because I have 10,000 Instagram followers. But again, if I can tell you anything, it's that numbers do not affirm the success of anything you are gonna do. If I even give you a small example of this podcast, I could have waited to start this podcast until I had a following who was relevant to what the podcast would be. That probably may have still worked out well for me. I don't know, because I didn't do it. But what I did was start this podcast when I probably had 20 to 50 followers who were somewhat interested in the business side of stuff and therefore relevant for listening to this podcast. I could have waited and thought, okay, well, I don't really want to put something out there that probably isn't going to go down that well for a while because it's not that relevant to my audience at the moment. But I think I just thought, well, I'll start now. I'll grow an audience both off the podcast and with the podcast, and then it will just go from there. And I'm really glad that I did that because I think if I'd started the podcast where I am now, I wouldn't have felt the same freedom to make mistakes, figure out the episodes, you know, put in a schedule and a routine and the style of episodes that I wanted to do. It's literally taken me probably up until about episode number 25 to feel like I was in the right rhythm and creating episodes that I really loved. And I'm glad that I started when there wasn't really anyone to listen to it because I was given space and given freedom to do just that. 
So my one encouragement in that sense would just be to start now. If there's that thing that you always meet the fear of doing it with, oh, well, I'll do that when I've got enough followers because that will mean it's less risky because then it'll obviously sell more. Fair enough. I can understand where that fear comes from, but just start now. I'm working on a huge project at the moment, which is terrifying. And I could very easily, when I first thought of the idea, said, no, I'm not doing it. I haven't got enough followers. There's not enough people in my community. There's not enough people that, you know, it will be relevant for. It's too expensive. So it's a risky thing. I've spent so much money on it. It's not going to work. But what I just said was, well, I'm confident in my small following. I'm confident that I have engaged following and hey if it doesn't work out I just learn from it later and life goes on so that would be it and I would just encourage you off the back of this episode off the back of this first encouragement to bring it back to you take just five minutes to think what's my big picture impact what's my core purpose what's my mission so that whenever you're met with that little niggling feeling of oh my followers dropped I'm no longer successful or I don't feel like my business is going very well because this statistic doesn't tell me that bring it back to that core impact and ask yourself what evidence do I have that I'm still doing this thing? Amazing, I can move on. My Instagram followers are irrelevant to that. So that's the first one, which is that there is no direct link between numbers and success and you'll never reach the right number to do that thing. Now, encouragement number two, which again is one of my favorites, is that being real doesn't mean bearing your all. Now, this one was actually prompted by an article that I read by Pandora Sykes. If you don't know who Pandora Sykes is, she's a journalist and hosts the most incredible podcast, which I'm sure you all all listen to called The High Low with Dolly Alderton. Um, It is a fantastic podcast. It kind of basically has a conversational and quite witty approach to going through kind of the news and what's been going on in the world that week. I find it a really good way to feel like I'm kind of in touch with what's going on in the world while still being entertained by it. But anyway, she wrote an article that was titled, I don't want to continue convey perfection online but must I bear my soul and I'm going to read you a paragraph from it because she sums up the feeling that this point comes from so much better than I could have could have that was very chavvy could have (laughs) the quote says but I do know there's this idea that as a woman in order to be real you must show the mucky sides the mess the pimples the screaming child but what if I'm really tidy what if my child is and even writing this I feel like I'm doing a disservice to mothers an easy baby. I'm a natural optimist. I've never been a huge sharer of the shitty, but in recent times I've come to, I've come close to sharing struggles that I really do not want to out of some loyalty to authenticity. That I almost did when I would have felt so uncomfortable doing so feels now like a kind of madness. And I just thought that was a fascinating read and a perspective that you don't always hear written about because there is a lot of conversation out there which I will definitely admit I have added to and fueled and created and encouraged about how important it is to be authentic online and not just show the highlights. And whilst I still fully stand by that and think that that's a really important part of establishing a personal band, band? if you want to establish a personal brand, go for it. But establishing a personal brand, you know, creating an audience who are really interested in more than just your business and connected to more than just what you share, but actually who you are and what you do. Um, But there is another side of it. It can go another way. It's so important for us to be continuing the conversation of how can we make social media something which is healthy for us. 
not establishing a healthy relationship with that can make it a really difficult thing for us. We can get to the point where we're literally leveraging our lives for content. I literally read this article the other day about how as millennials, so many of us are traveling for the thought and the sake of the Instagram photos. And that to me just slightly baffled my mind, but it baffled my mind because I realized that I didn't think it was untrue. We live in a world that almost encourages and sh like, you know, pushes us to live lives in the sight of how we're gonna share it. And I just thought that was such an interesting read, which I will link in the show notes so you can go and find it because it just so beautifully told the other side of the story. You know, when we talk about, you know, be authentic online, don't just put out a highlights reel, don't show all the perfect stuff, people don't really connect with that. There is another way that that can go, which is a little bit scary in a sense. And I think something that I've had to really work through in my business is what are my boundaries? The reality is there is so much crap going on in all of our lives all the time. And I don't think being authentic means showing all of that. I don't think being authentic means telling people absolutely everything that's going wrong. Or being authentic means that it's wrong to share the good stuff when in the behind the scenes it doesn't look that pretty. I think being authentic just means finding out for ourselves where the line sits on creating an online presence which is healthy both for us but also for the people that follow us. Back in the summer, I ran a bit of an experiment on my Instagram where I basically tested fake versus reality and how that kind of style of content would affect both myself and my followers. I put posts out there which were really consciously fake and consciously creating this message that wasn't true for me and definitely wasn't true for my behind the scenes or what my life was looking like. And what I concluded from that small experiment was that we all have a responsibility, whether it's for ourselves or whether it's for other people, about how we both share and take in content. If you follow people, but you also have followers, which I can bet all of you do, you are both a creator and a consumer. And as creators and consumers, we all have a responsibility to think about how we deal with this whole being authentic, but not bearing your all and just creating an online presence, which is just overly honest and an a little bit of a bloodbath sometimes. <laughs> Something that I've really learned to do this year is to create my own boundaries with the real stuff, which I put in air quotes. Something that I say to almost every single person I have a conversation with about this is something that I heard on another podcast. I, for the life of me, cannot remember which podcast it was, but it was this really simple way of asking yourself, is this a wound or is this a scar? When you think about sharing something which feels ugly, and feels difficult and you know people are going to connect to which I think is let's be honest some of the reason why we share the bad stuff because it gets engagement and it gets connection and people feel like they know us it's not a bad thing to admit that that's sometimes the motive but I think when we when we're considering you know should I share something this whole is it a wound or is it a scar thing is so helpful because if something is a wound it's fresh it's open, if you prod it, it's gonna hurt, if people touch it, it's gonna get infected and irritated, and it's not something that you can bash about without leaving yourself in a bit of pain, and not something that other people can come into contact with without being a little bit grossed out or maybe affected negatively. I know that's probably a bit squeamish, but it really does make sense. Whereas when something's a scar, when something is a past tense as opposed to a present tense, something that we've worked through, something that we've got conclusions from, something that we understand, something that we're not in the thick of right now, sharing it is so much healthier for both ourselves and our audience because what it does is doesn't hurt us, 
people prodding at it, people questioning it, people maybe not thinking it's true, people calling us whatever names they want to call us for sharing about that topic, doesn't hurt us because it's a scar, it's healed over, it's in our past, we've dealt with it. And also it's healthier for the people that we're sharing it with because I can I can promise you that when you share something that is a wound over a scar, you share it in such a better way because you have perspective on it. Because it's something in the past that you understand and something that you have worked through and you've almost seen the big picture of. So I think although, you know, I'm just adding into this conversation and we all have our different boundaries and we all have a different place that we sit on that line, I would just encourage you that when you're feeling that pressure to maybe show your all or be authentic or people are telling you, and if I've been one of those people, I apologise, to say, you know, we need to see more of you and you have translated that into I need to show more of the bad stuff, but wait, I don't feel comfortable doing that. You have every right and every control over what you share. And the online presence that you create and the message that creates and the way that impacts both you and your audience is fully up to you. So that would be encouragement number two. Being authentic is great, but being real doesn't mean bearing your all and you are in control of that. Now, encouragement number three is that you are most likely not sounding as repetitive or sales pitchy as you think. Now, this is a slightly subjective one because I do know there are people out there who sound sales pitchy with their businesses and are repetitive, but I'm saying this for the 75% who I do speak to and who I follow and who I really love, who I know are not. So if you're listening to this, please don't take this as permission to go and sit on a soapbox and do your sales pitch stuff wherever you like. I'm saying this for the people that have that constant gut feeling where they'd rather share um, you know, helpful tips or what they're up to or the behind the scenes than say, here's what I offer, here's what I do, here's the link to buy, here's the link to become a client of mine. Because if I can tell you anything when it comes to digital marketing and sharing yourself online, people take in so much less than we think. And I don't mean that as a negative point, I need, I mean it almost as a relieving point. Because I, I'm, I'm sure there's statistics out there, but I think in my opinion, it's probably only about 25% of what you put out there is directly taken in by people that follow you. Even if someone watches every single one of your stories, they might click through some of them quicker, they might look at some without audio, so they don't really take in the message, they might have just been busy, so they didn't really hear it. And I just think we often need that reminder that although we are probably bored of talking about the sales side of our businesses, our audience are most likely not. I'm often having to encourage clients, talk about how people can pay you more because you don't mention it enough. I have a rule of thumb in my business that I try and talk about something four times. So if I have a podcast episode go up, I try to talk about it four times because I think, hey, if people are generally only seeing something 25% of the time, then I need to share something four times to make sure it hits everyone. And even in that sense, I know that for me personally, I will see someone promote something and go, oh yeah, I really wanna read that, but maybe I'll be out and about so I won't have time or I'll just be busy so I won't think to click through. But the second or the third or the fourth time I'll see it, I do click through because I'm in a different setting, I have the time or I'm just in a different mindset. So I always try and think, okay, have I talked about this enough that A, everyone has definitely seen it and taken it in and B, the people that maybe weren't in the right place when they saw it the first time are now in the right place to see it and put it in their minds. And it is, it's that kind of feeling of being repetitive enough that people really get the message in their heads, but not so repetitive that you do become a bit like you're just going in circles and everyone's really bored of what you're talking about. And I'm always surprised, let me tell you, literally always so surprised when people who I would label as quite engaged and committed kind of in my audience and in my community, I have a conversation with them and they go, I mentioned something and they go, oh, I didn't know you did that. 
I didn't know you do that. And I'm like, I feel like I talk about that all the flipping time. I feel like I'm even bored of me talking about that. So how have you not even noticed that thing? But that always just reminds me that actually almost when we think that our message is getting boring or that we're talking about it too much, it's not for us. It's not us that we're sharing our message for. It's not us that we're sharing a link to our online shop for. It's for the people that are gonna buy and for the people that are gonna engage. Because consistency is so key to creating or sharing anything memorable. The reality is it's so much better to have five key messages, but have your whole audience be really engaged with those things and aware of them, than have 20 things that you talk about and everyone just get a bit confused because they dip in and out and nothing ever feels consistent. So I would say as a rule of thumb, if it feels like you're talking about something too much, you're probably doing it just right. If it feels like you've said something so many times that week that even you are bored of yourself saying it, you've probably got to the right point where people are just starting to take it in and just starting to take recognition with it. Even dialing it down and thinking, okay, normally I share these 10 topics over my, for example, Facebook group. How could I bring that down to five, but really dig deeper into those five or share those five more significantly or more consistently or more often so that people really get the message? It's so much better for our businesses, for our communities, for our brands to really dial in on what our big picture is than just kind of be this really broad place where people dip in and out and don't ever really get connected. So that's encouragement number three. You are most likely not sounding as repetitive or sales pitchy as you think. And let me just encourage you, you run a business. Yeah, correct. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast, bit odd if you don't. Um, Although I know my mum listens to this and she always listens to it like when I'm asleep, but in the room next to me. So I wake up just to the sound of my own voice. It's a very, very odd and narcissistic experience. Um, But anyway, you run a business. Your business cannot exist unless it's a charity or a not-for-profit, that's a loophole, without money. I am assuming that that money either comes from people buying your services, booking in with you, buying a product, or doing something else that involves them giving you money for something in return. Therefore, your business cannot exist without you giving people the opportunity to do that thing. You are not sales pitchy, you are not being manipulative, you are not being irritating by telling people how they can do that thing. I can most likely promise you that a lot of people that follow you are interested in that big picture thing that you offer. Maybe they're not ready for it right now, but they are interested in it. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have followed you in the first place. So don't feel like you're doing a sales pitch is basically what I was saying in that point. Now on to number four, which is that businesses and subsequently our platforms and our online presences works in seasons. My business, oh my gosh, is such a seasonal thing. And I've for many months rejected and hated using the word seasons. I feel like it's cringe. I feel like it's a bit overly American. I just don't really like it. Not fan. But it's literally the only way I can explain fully how my business behaves and also how my social media behaves alongside that. If you have listened to any of these episodes where I've talked about my story, particularly the, I don't know which episode number it was, it was fairly recent, where I talked about my business feeling like a failure early this year and really having to like do a 360 on everything. That episode in itself proves that my whole business has been based around seasons. And not just seasons of, you know, things were good, then they got better, then they got even better, and then I up-leveled and then everything went up. But seasons of like, okay, this feels like a failure, two months later, everything feels great. Two months later, things feel okay, but I'm trying something new, which is risky. And then two months later, I'm launching that and it's another feeling. And I think that's an okay thing. 
I do hope that in a few years time, I get to know my business better and my business becomes a bit more predictable and a bit more consistent. However, I think it's true for everybody, everybody that I speak to, all my clients, that their businesses are always seasonal. And as much as a lot of those seasons can sometimes be tracked and understood where they come from, sometimes a season just exists and we don't really understand why. And from my experience, my social media has been the exact same in how it's behaved. Comparison can be a really difficult thing. And I think one of the biggest things we can do in comparison, which is really detrimental, is compare our down days or our seasons, which just feel a bit dry or feel a bit rubbish or feel a bit like, you know, there's not a lot of traction going on with other people smashing it days. Or let me say other people who are appearing to smash it days because we never quite know what's actually going on. Like even if I take early this week, for example, I was sat in bed ill. I had evidence to say that I could not work, but still I was scrolling through Instagram, looking at people launching pod- podcasts, doing new things, putting great po- you know, content out, growing their platforms. And I sat there thinking, well, I'm doing rubbish, aren't I? I'm doing an awful job. I've not gained any followers today. I've not put anything out this week. Everything's going rubbish because that person's doing great and I'm not. And I think also one of the most difficult things and kind of detrimental things we can do is bring comparison to ourselves. We can compare the fact that right now our social media maybe doesn't feel like it's growing at a very big rate to the fact that two months ago we had a huge social media, you know, like influx of followers. And I think often what we forget to do when we compare ourselves to ourselves is remember why things happen. I try to, as best as I can, if I'm comparing myself to a few months or weeks ago maybe, when things felt more exciting, or my followers were growing more, I was getting more engagement, or you know, the podcast was getting more good reviews, or more people were tuning in, I try and think, what was it maybe at that time that did that thing? As you can imagine, I often get an influx of followers when I get a guest on the podcast, because they talk about it, and then people come and listen, and then they follow me. And whilst, you know, I still treat that as a success for myself because they followed me and engaged with me. It's come from another thing. There is something that has caused that. It's not just the universe bringing followers and leaving followers. So I have to, in that moment when I'm comparing myself to myself and feeling really down about my social media and online following, just remind myself it is okay. That happened because of that. Right now, things are a little bit dry. Things aren't really going on and that is absolutely okay. And I've actually just stopped talking about the algorithm, stopped blaming it. You might have noticed, I don't talk about it on this podcast anymore because I think sometimes for us, the algorithm becomes a bit of a blame game. And we use the algorithm, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever, to excuse the fact or comfort ourselves when we're just feeling a bit crap about everything. And instead of using blaming an algorithm or moaning to comfort myself, I just say, hey, it's okay. And the reality is, I think that, or at least this is true for me, the high seasons, which for me is, you know, increased traffic, more engagement, great conversations, growing my audience, definitely happen alongside the low seasons happening too. I don't believe that anyone's business and anyone's online presence is constantly growing, constantly up leveling at the same rate. I think all of us, even if you're down at, you know, that was just a notification coming through on my laptop. So we're just gonna mute that bad boy. Um, I think everybody, whether you're at 500 followers or 5 million followers, experiences the same thing. Yes, it's in a different sense. Yes, the numbers are in a different way, but the exact same thing is that the low seasons exist alongside the high seasons and both of those work kind of in conjunction together. 
So when you're having, whether right now you feel like everything's going really great and you're getting loads of traction, amazing. Celebrate that, use that, think about how you can kind of leverage that. But if you're in a place where you're thinking, oh my gosh, why did things feel so much easier two weeks ago or six months ago? Or why have I not been growing at the same rate that I did back then or that that person is growing at? Just remind yourself, take yourself back to the big picture Remind yourself why those other pieces of growth or other pieces of traction happened. It will most likely be a thing that occurred in that time and therefore it's not happening now because that thing is not happening. And just give yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of comfort because if there's anything I've learned, I think it's that we're often very hard on ourselves as business owners. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to make today's episode is to just give us a bit of comfort. Right, on to number five, because I meant for this episode to be about 20 minutes long and it's currently on 30 minutes, so things are going well. Uh, number five is that your impact is far bigger than you assume, but people are watching you less closely than you think. This is one that I am just about learning to deal with. This is one that has been a learning curve in the last few weeks and really recently for me. Because one of the, I've, I've said this for every single one, haven't I? I always find myself saying this to my clients and myself, but it's true. But a quote that I really, really love, and I put it anywhere if I've got an opportunity to, is that you're doing far better than you think you are. We are very often our worst critics. I said it in the last point. And I think we're very good at assuming the worst when it comes to the effectiveness of what we're doing online. We kind of know, like, play down the fact that we've got lots of followers to the fact that we got shouted out on that thing. We play down the fact that we've got lots of engagement at the moment because we just think it's because people might want to chit-chat. But if you think of all the times that you've loved someone's work but not said anything about it, Now think of all your followers who you don't necessarily get any engagement from. This actually always helps me when I'm having one of those weeks where I'm like, oh, I've not had any like random emails or random DMs today just saying that they like what I share or that they like the podcast. I must be failing. No no one's listening. Everything's going badly. But I can promise you that the people that actually reach out and tell you when they like something or share something when they love it is probably in the one to five percent of the people that actually take it in and really enjoy it and this is something that I'm trying to work on is telling people when I love something and bringing up that ratio in my life that every time I enjoy something I share it with them or I do something to you know communicate that to the creator but it's definitely true for me that unless I'm being conscious about it I probably scroll through my Instagram very easily without liking or commenting on any anything but I read every single caption and I love it and it really connects with me I even have people that I don't follow, but they're in my search bar and I look at their stories and their feed every single day because I really love them. But for some weird reason, I just don't follow them. So I guess that like slightly odd example is just to tell you that even though maybe the statistics or the amount of messages that you're getting or the comments you're getting or the shares you're getting aren't what you want them to be or aren't what they usually are, there are still people there absolutely loving what you do. They're maybe just not saying it right now. And I don't know why they're not saying it. Sometimes things just happen. People get busy. People don't reach out. But I would encourage you when you do get those messages or those responses that mean a lot to you, perhaps it's even that someone followed you that you really look up to and you were really excited by them following you. That sounds lame, but it's really not lame to be excited by that because that is an exciting thing. If you get a nice DM or someone emails to say that you like something or they leave a good review on your podcast screenshot it put it in a folder on your phone and take yourself back to it every single time you get this feeling of my impact is not big enough take yourself back to that big picture thing that mission that purpose that I talked about at the start and say these messages are proof and evidence that I am having that impact fair enough right now that impact may not be as big as I want it to be or as wide as I want it to be but that impact is there 
And it, I think it's an encouragement to us as well to go the other way. When we're looking at other people's content, when we're taking in what other people do and we love it, let's tell people. Let's be people, let's be followers, let's be in communities which really shout about each other's great stuff. If you love something someone else does, all it takes is a two minute DM to quickly say, I really loved that, thank you so much for creating it, it impacted me in this way. If you love a podcast that you're listening to, and I'm not just saying this because you probably love this podcast and really wanna leave a review, leave a review. People don't say it just for the fun of it. It really does make the world of a difference. If you enjoyed someone's post, like it, and then comment on it. Take 20 seconds to say, I loved this caption. I really needed to read this today. Thank you. And I do think that what goes around comes around. I'm not sure I believe in karma, but I do believe in, you know, when we're in communities and we engage with other people in a really authentic and encouraging way, it comes back to us and we build relationship with people that exist so much more and in a such bigger way than just following each other and liking what each other does. And in the same sense, which I said in the encouragement for this point, people are watching you far less closely than you think. And this obviously is the flip side of your impacts being far bigger than you assume. It's the feeling that we're often being closely watched and so much so that we hold back from doing something new or sharing something out of fear of getting it wrong or wanting to change it a few weeks later. This is the same sense within the podcast. One of the reasons why I'm so glad I launched it when I didn't really have that much of an audience was that I felt so much freedom to experiment or not upload for a couple of weeks if I didn't want to or you know not create the best episodes ever please do not go and listen to the first few episodes I am trash they are awful um but I'm glad that I launched it when I did because I was given so much freedom to do that and I didn't feel the pressure that I sometimes feel now to create stuff because there's almost now eyes watching and people that care and therefore people to judge it or to not like it or to have some other negative response that I'm terrified of I really really don't envy people in the public eye or influencers quote unquote or people with large followings because it is very true and it's a really sad thing that in this world people are often waiting for them to screw up or waiting for something for them to you know get angry about or jump on I know it's kind of a conversation that doesn't really have an answer but it you know it's how people online are often held really really accountable to everything they do I don't think that's a bad thing but it's not a position that I'm envious of or want to be in and I think very often we can experience a very small kind of snippet of that in our businesses with our online followings because if we have a following which I hope that most of us do whether they're big or not doesn't matter if you've got people there who love what you do then you'll probably most likely experience that feeling sometimes of, oh my gosh, people are watching, I need to get this right. I talked earlier about this big project that I'm working at at the moment and I had a phone call the other day with one of my friends. Um, it was actually with Julia from Easy As That. I know she sometimes listens to this podcast, so hi Julia. Um, and Julia actually was the one that prompted this this thought process for me. She's the one that really got me start to think about how people are watching you less closely than you think. Because I was asking her about pricing it, about pricing this new thing that I'm launching. And I said, oh my, like, I'm just really nervous that I'm gonna price it wrong or that people are gonna attack the pricing or gonna be judgmental of it or people are gonna see the prices and, you know, attach some negative thing to that. And Julia just said, people are watching you far less closely than you think. People do not notice things as much as we think they do. It's the same point when I was talking about earlier that we feel like we're being repetitive or sales pitchy, but our audience really don't see half as much as we think that they do or assume that they do just because that's how we feel or that's what we see and I just think let's have freedom 
let's think that yes, I have an audience there who are excited about what I do and that is something to really celebrate. I was dying and wishing and willing for myself when I first started this podcast to grow an audience that I have now. And whilst I'm really grateful for the audience I have now and it's not something that I would change for the world, there are still things that I think, okay, yes, six months ago, my issue was that I didn't really have an audience there. Now I have an audience, which is amazing, but now I have a whole other host of feelings and emotions that comes alongside that. And at the moment, I think one of the biggest things for me, this last point of working through knowing that my impact is bigger than I think, or perhaps bigger than the stats and the messages are telling me, but comforting myself that people aren't watching me as closely as I think, and that people really aren't waiting for us to fail. People aren't as nasty as we think, and that's one of the most lovely things about running a business and being in the community of people who are entrepreneurs. Everyone is incredibly kind, and my experience has only ever been positive with people online. So there we go, five encouragements for the way that you show up online. I'll quickly read through them just so you can remember and maybe write them down if you need them again. I don't know, that was a bit narcissistic, wasn't it? Um, Number one, there is no direct link between numbers and success and you'll never reach the right number to do that thing. Number two, being real doesn't mean bearing your all. Number three, you are most likely not sounding as repetitive or sales pitchy as you think. Number four, businesses and subsequently our platforms work in seasons. And number five, your impact is far bigger than you assume, but people are watching you less closely than you think. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for your patience with today's episode. Um, I'm actually, if you're listening to this on like the morning it comes out, I'm out in London for the day. So the show notes aren't quite up, but they will be up at the weekend or if you're watching this in the future then they're definitely up at alicebenham.co.uk forward slash encourage and over there I will share the links to the Pandora Sykes interview um article sorry that I really loved which prompted the point about bearing your all and also links to the video I made after I did the Instagram truth versus reality experiment so there we go please subscribe please leave a review please share this on your Instagram I would absolutely love it it would make my day I really would love if you do anything off the back of this podcast for you to do two things number one take five minutes take five minutes literally if you're in the car just have a little think before you put your music on and think what is the big picture of my big business what's the purpose of my business and then begin to gather evidence for the fact that you are having that impact and doing those things because I can promise you that if you begin to gather that evidence it's going to help you when you have these kind of horrible icky moments and feel a bit negative about what you're doing on social media or you're following or whatever else and the second thing I'd love you to do is to take on what we were talking about in that final point of really sharing the love for other people's stuff and I don't say this to encourage you to share the love for this podcast although if you love it please share it because it honestly makes me like wee myself a little bit um but if you love something someone does share it if you love to post on Instagram share it on your stories if you really love someone's tweet retweet it if you loved an email that someone sent out or a newsletter that went out encourage your followers to sign up or just send them a reply that says I really loved that let's become people who are incredibly um incredibly I don't know what I was going to say then let's become people who cheer and clap each other I think that's such a beautiful quality it's such a selfless thing to do but definitely something that I have seen real fruit from because I've built relationships with those people that I've reached out to and created relationship with so anyway that's it for today's episode I'll be back on Monday with a really exciting guest episode with a very inspiring guest who is actually an old client of mine so I'm really excited to share that hope you have a fab weekend and I will speak to you soon